This is a Fubar Radio podcast. You can subscribe to the app on Apple and Android. Visit foobarradio.com for more details. Sarah Hugh and Doc Two on Fubar Radio. Which Doc is working on a remix of that to Mrs. DJ. Oh, I like it. No, yeah. I like it indeed. So we're going to get ready for that. What's up, Foo Bar Radio? You are tuned into the sounds of myself, Sarah, and Hugh this week, but mm. no Doc too. We had a good the run, ongoing though. remix. We did have a good show run. lineups is continuing. We did have like uh, what was it five in a row? All three of us been here. I know that was pretty seminal record. business, absolute record. Yeah. But yes, of course, it was never going to last forever. <laughs> I know, no, but we're working on it. We're working on it, so you never know how it might pan pan out. And. This week, yet again, another Tuesday drive, four till six. Make sure you join us every Tuesday. We have an action-packed show for you. Mm. Um, we had guests live in the studio last week. That was lots of fun, so make sure you tune into the podcast if you missed out on this. But this week, we've got some ultra-special, nothing short of legendary. Like It's often the word legendary gets bounded around, doesn't it? does, it? but, but it's not like, often like this. Yes, like it's real legendary <laughs> yeah. status guests um, coming up on the show. We're going to be speaking to the one and only Scorpio, with the Furious Five and Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, Pretty incredible. Um, of course, every week we ask you guys what's been bugging you this week and has made you say, are you taking the piss? Like, for real, though. Um, so we want to hear from you about that. And um, we're going to be doing some other special uh, bits where we need your, your advice and, and, and ideas about uh, about these things, too. So make sure you get in touch with us this week at twitter.com slash Fubar Radio, and you can also email us at Tuesday Drive at FubarRadio.com. How has your week been, Hugh? We missed you last week. Yeah, I had a really, really bad week, actually. Uh, no! Yeah. Why? I'm sorry to start the show on such a, uh, on a, on a downer, bit oh, of a drain no. and stuff. But um, literally, like, I'm not even kidding you, I was stuck in Spain on a beach. Um, it was like 30 to 35 degrees, um, you know, drinking sangria. <laughs> I had a few cold beers. Um, I was like getting really worried. No, it was terrible because there was even one point where I was like, oh man, the bus isn't for another hour. So I just sit here for another hour on the beach <laughs> under this umbrella. Consume as much as in the sun. Possible. I had a really good, I have actually been in Mallorca. Um, it was pretty, I, I'm not sure if I told you, I, I, but I, I was booked to DJ in some place over there. I had a friend mm. who's like, a, it was promoting for some sort of resorty, clubby type thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, <laughs> so he booked me for it, got everything was organized. And then um, about a few weeks ago, he turned around and goes, um, yeah, I've been fired. They kind of changed owners and they fired a lot of people. I've actually not even in Spain anymore. He's like, so look, you still, like everything's, your trip's paid for. Just come and have a holiday. I was like, all right. <laughs> sweet. Oh, wow. So I was like, sweet. So all I had to do was... So book- he wasn't there at all? He wasn't there at all. So essentially I was actually there by myself. Okay. But, uh, so I had to uh, book, all I had to book was my accommodation. And for I got a one-bedroom apartment in Parma, Mallorca, where, the little island in, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, like 10-minute walk from like the main beach right in the middle of the city. And guess how much it was? Four nights. Four nights for that little apartment. A pound a night. 75 quid. Yeah. For four nights. Yeah, and that's it was Spain's cold. economy for you. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> That's the it, beauty man. of austerity I got and into, financial I, tragedy. Oh, but I mean, it was so. There's it was the upsides. So yeah, yeah. But they were amazing. And my landlords and that were, you know, they were amazing. I ended up becoming really good friends and loaded them a bit of Spanish. I was there on my second day and I went to a cafe. 
Buenos Dias. <laughs> Uno espresso, por favor. Oh, and they yeah. were like, wow, your accent is yeah, amazing. Your accent is actually very, very spot on. Very, very spot on. Because there's a lot of Spanish Australians. Yeah? No. <laughs> I didn't think no, so. I've not really actually not. met... I'm trying to think if I've met anyone as Spanish descent in Australia. Mm, no. Tons of Greek people. Enrique? Enrique? <laughs> no? no. I think so, yeah. No. But, um, yes... I'm going to drop a tune first before we get into our big up because you know we all every week we ask people yeah. like what's made you say are you taking the piss but I think there's so many people doing cool stuff in the world and they deserve a shout out too and in the theme of that and also what we're going to be discussing as this week's No They Didn't I thought let's set it off a little something like this Smoke weed every day. I was hoping oh, that it was, was going to be the correct version. <laughs> 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 we're still in a moment. They're sitting there looking at each other. Uh, With is it coming? Breath. Is it coming? Is it coming? <laughs> it's like, how long do we wait? Or no one just... ever knows when that line comes in. I tell you what, though, it really does. Uh, it really does leave a little bit of dead air. So you play that on radio, and everyone's <laughs> listening for a second, <laughs> waiting for a smoke weed every day. It's everyone's favourite silence in a, in any track. Absolutely. Really, you're tuned into the sounds of myself, Sarah, and Hugh, um, and you're locked into Foodball Radio. And every week, I think. You know, it's so easy for us as British people and Aussies yep. to just complain Definitely. and be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's so many people doing cool stuff in the world and we need, you know, to shout them people up. So I think every week we've got to do something called... Big up, big up. And that's our chance where we give people like a bit of a shout out. And this week's yeah. big up... I'm trying to even remember who last week's big up was. We, I've bigged up Obama for um, all the stuff he's been doing recently uh, with the gay marriage. Yeah, and all this. Gay yeah so it really can be quite a variety of things. And this week's big up is probably going to come as quite a surprise to many people who know me. Um, but I'm sending a massive big up out to... The UK police. Big up, big up. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> that was like scratch the needle hang off on, the record, drop the cutlery. Oh, hang on. I think I know where this is going because months and months and months and months ago, mm. um, I told you that I found a potential new job for you. And it was basically they're looking for the, the sign I saw on the tube said whether you're a, you're a DJ in a club or a construction worker, the Met Volunteer Police are looking for you. And I thought, oh, there you go. Sarah, so is, is this it, Sarah Love? Are you joining the Met? Are you? Or? I am. Awesome. You're turning be, my back on hip hop and I'm, really I'm turning to the dark side. <laughs> no, but the, I think this story, honestly, it's like I feel that there is every cloud has a silver lining mm. because just announced in the last few days, the Derbyshire, Dorset, and Surrey police forces are said to be willing to turn a blind eye to those who grow cannabis, a class B drug, for personal use in order to focus on more serious crime. Wow, well, like, that's actually really smart considering like the lack of, uh, of uh, you see obviously a lot of the lack of funding that the police are getting to the same, that's why we're cutting down on patrols on the streets and all these other things and blah 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 and they, they also hear the other side of that spectrum where there are people saying, well I called the police about this, you know but something, you know, maybe a house getting broken in or something and they came four days later and they're like, yeah, well it's all on a priority so if they, that's great if they because there has been so much with uh, with uh, you know even in the states we've talked about that with Obama like you know letting letting people out for uh, for you know non-violent drug-related crimes. Mm. So if they're putting it on the spectrum of you know aggravated assaults, rapes, murders, <laughs> whatever else you know, and then they are putting such a non-violent crime so far down the list. Did you say to the point of being almost decriminalised? Well, it hasn't actually been decriminalised. This is all no. following, I think, the Durham Constabulary were the, the real um, trailblazers here because they announced last week that they'd only pursue people growing the drug if they have a specific complaint about, um, uh, about it or if the use was blatant. And um, I think, yeah, obviously, it's like coming to this economic, these tough economic times we're all part of 
purse strings are being pulled in it. So mm. it's like it only draws to attention how suspect the whole like policing of of weed is. It's ridiculous, yeah. really. When people are allowed to drink and so drink causes so many, so, costs the country so much more money, costs the health service money, causes yeah. so many more problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's something that is actually advertised on TV and stuff. So it only makes sense to me that this is the right move. And it just makes really the the police and the government look silly for all this year, these years that they've been harassing they got, the yeah. people. Well, they have to, they have to, uh, yeah, they pretty much have to face it eventually. And like you said, like, you know, we've got all the, you know, the health system's under such a strain because of alcohol related crime and injuries and stuff like that people smoke weed they're investing Every back day. into the economy mm. but they're straight down the offer you get some chips and some little chalky bugs and little, whatever little snacky cake sweeties, just chill out mate sweeties <laughs> we don't want no violence we want sweeties exactly so I think seriously that needs to be drawn to everyone definitely in Derbyshire yeah. Dorset sorry and Durham's <laughs> attention that the police are turning a blind eye to, yeah. um, if, if, to you if you're deciding to grow cannabis so to you guys big up, big up. I think you definitely deserve that now last Last week's show, we really missed you. We had some Aww. special guests in the studio, yeah. and I thought, let's like play a little flavour from those guys. Sure. This is actually Sunny Jim, who's from Birmingham, so no, it doesn't come under any of those. Rum and um, But uh, yeah, so this features Joker Star and Michael Parkinson, who were in the studio of us last week. This track is called Bow. You're locked into Fubar. Jumping out the all about celebrating that quality UK music. You're locked into Fubar Radio, and um, I'm, I'm a bit sad actually that Doc's not here for this part of the show because often he likes to um, do a little lap dance, his oh. funky little number. Hello. Oh <laughs> I think he just yeah, really okay. feels the the soul do, and groove. Do, 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 do you want me to do some kind of dance, maybe a slightly different one? Sure, go for what it. What about? Hang on, I'll do like a. Um, <laughs> But I don't want to take away Doc's uh, sexiness. He's I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. deprive him of that. I, don't, I know because it's going to be big shoes to fill. I don't want you to come. I don't want, I don't want him to come back and you're like, yeah, that wasn't as good as what you did. So I'm going to give you a little crab dance. Okay, yeah, it's not quite as sexy, but it's, it's definitely got an appeal. I'm, I'm sure there's there are some ladies out there who Pre- pretty hard to see them. see my crab dance, <laughs> but you definitely heard it. I could hear them. Yeah. <laughs> The, yes. the calls were, were impressive. Yeah, no, that they, is... no, they didn't. Of course, each week, um, yeah, we do focus on something that's just kind of made you uh, uh, scratch your head and go, "Really? Did did they? What? For Why this week? Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Now, um, pretty big look. Pretty big look. He was on his way because he has been touring, obviously, um, around Europe. Uh, released his album Bush, which we won't don't need to talk about, but. <laughs> But he has been touring around that His album. His anyway. album is called Bush. Yes. And um, is this as a, as Snoop Dogg or is this Snoop Lion? Well, I think it was Snoop Lion and then he changed it back. He changed it back again. So he changed it from Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion, okay. Snoop Puppy, Snoop something. So now it's back to Snoop, Snoop Dogg thing. But he, anyway, so uh, this is on Friday and last week. He's coming from Italy um, to over to Britain. Uh, he was boarding his PJ, which for, for the rich kids out there is what's known as a private jet, right? So he's boarding his <laughs> private jet. Uh, I've never heard him. it abbreviated to PJ. PJ, babe. It's PJ. And, um, yeah, so basically he he got stopped by the Italian police mm. uh, for bringing in uh, a little bit of cash that he hadn't declared. Now, a little bit, um, you know, for me, because he can bring over about 10000 Dollars, or maybe perhaps it's pounds. Might be. I think it actually is dollars. So that might even be that's sub- substantially less. What's that about five thousand pounds, roughly five to six thousand pounds or something? You US can bring dollars. through before. No, it's about t- it's about ten thousand US. I think. Yeah, no, you're saying ten thousand US dollars. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that, that's, 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 that's like the minimum. Um, that you, you don't know, have for, to declare. Yeah. In, anything, anything above that, and he does to need to, to declare it. So basically, he's brought in a little bit more than that. He um, he came through with cash in his Louis Vuitton luggage, mm. 422K. $422,000 um, American in his luggage. And was like, oh, yeah, whoops. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't declare it. What an what, idiot. Did you just forget? <laughs> but that what are you money? doing with that much money on you anyway? What the fuck is he doing? I even get suspicious with these kind of stories because I feel like these sorts of stories paint an image of him, which obviously he'd, be, he'd love to perpetuate. Definitely, definitely. But, um, I think you can only be a moron to carry that amount of cash around with you, anyone, anywhere. Why? I mean, I know, um, like, uh, my ex, for example, uh, from years ago, she um, she was from Mauritius, so each year she'd go back to Mauritius to Melbourne and her parents would load her up with all her school fees. So she'd be on the plane, declare it all, of course, but she'd be on the plane with about 30 grand. Mm. You know what I mean? She, and she was like, it was the most terrifying thing she's ever done. She's got to be cruising around with that much money. So people do do it for extreme circumstances circumstances but 422 grand like I mean like why would you even want to why would you even want to travel around with that much money but in the middle of a tour why would you have that amount of money on you anyway so, yeah. so what? Sorry, has he made any kind of statement about this? Well, they uh, they're going through it right now. It's been uh, they see immediately seized half of it. They reckon he will get it back. He's just going to have to pay some big fine. Um, but it does it it does beg the question whether it was uh, did he deliberately did he deliberately just try to sneak it through? He thought well, he's on his PJ. It's fine. He can just sneak through. If Johnny Depp can get a dog, <laughs> you know, through customs into Australia. Oh, what Surely happens with that case? Oh, I don't know. He was so dumb anyway. No, no, but idea. aren't they? They're seriously pursuing him though, like legally. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So. yeah. Ridiculous, but Australia's a stupid place anyway. No, that's, that's good. Like, if there's a rule, it applies to everyone. It doesn't make a difference if you're famous. Oh, of course. No, it's not that. It's about them wanting to kill a dog for something like that that he didn't realise. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, mean, I guess for me, I was thinking, Snoop, is it, did he do this deliberately? Did he try to sneak this through? Or is it just a genuine mistake? Because a lot of people bring stuff through customs all the time, and they're like, shit, I would have gotten hit. Oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't declare that. You know, whether it was like a wood product or like, you know, uh, you know my sister had like a kilo of heroin. She didn't realise. She just... Walked through customs, got through, was like, Don't shit. even joke about it. I was supposed to leave that. I was supposed to leave that back in that other country. That's Won't talk about up. it. Anonymous. But, you know what I mean? I mean, you travel a lot. Surely you've, uh, you've just slipped your mind at some point or something, and you're like, oh, damn. Could well, have in trouble for that. For me, I'm, I describe myself as a fruit connoisseur. So I ah, love fruit and go. I love discovering new fruit when yeah. you go to different parts of the world because uh, there's fruits that I, I didn't even know existed mm. and they're just like standard when you go to other areas. So I remember the first time that I went to um, Thailand, they uh, I found this fruit called mangosteen. Mm. Have you had mangosteen before? Oh, I, I haven't had it, but I've, seen, I've been to Thailand quite a few times. I've seen it, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I love that fruit. I think you mm. can buy them for about... 700 pounds a kilo in Harrods or something <laughs> if you want to t- taste one in the London area um, and so and like my my family we all love fruit so I was like no they need to know about mangosteen yeah. I was like if anyone stops me I'll just say oh, I forgot to eat it on the plane that's my usual line sorry I'm kind of teaching everyone how to break the law yeah. but um, yeah so uh, I brought back some mangosteen with me and then when I opened the plastic bag that I had them in 
two little ants called out, I was like, no. Because oh. you do know what? You can That's get so it. dangerous. You can actually I could have like made the whole British ecosystem collapse. Yeah, and you get in a lot of trouble. You can get in t- a lot of trouble for like sneaking things that they potentially could have bugs that could lead to you know deterioration of any fauna or flora or vegetables or. Hence, Johnny yeah. Depp shouldn't take his dirty dog into the country. I know, just because he's famous and thinks yeah. he can get away with it, which I guess is the same thing. Oh yes, and that was my thinking behind it. I'm like, I'm Sarah Love. Yeah. I can get away with taking manga scene. I do what I want. I wherever I, want. I like in the world. No, but that's probably also what Snoop's thinking in his um, jet. Mm. Different rules apply, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when you do have the uh, when you do have the private jet, you probably there's definitely going to be an air of, you know, well, I can do whatever I want. I don't need to do this. I can just go straight from my limo to my, my private jet, do whatever I want. I mean, I don't even know how they... Um, uh, I guess with a, I mean, a private jet, obviously, it's got to go through the same security systems and stuff like that, doesn't it? So they've still got to go through. You know, they're going to have sniffer dogs. They're going to have the thing. They're not just going to let you take whatever you want on there. But, I mean, for him to take... I mean, 422 Also, oh, they say the money has come came from concerts he performed at in, in Europe. Yeah, so, assumably, so he's getting paid cash in hand. Yeah, he, he would <laughs> so, demand that. He would demand that. Like, you know, I've been why? to, um, been to uh, events before where it's like uh, Snoop's doing an appearance or whatever, like, you know, like a, a you know, for a, like a company. So, it's like, you know, I think it might have been Nike or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were doing... Um, oh, no, it was Vans, actually. It was Vans, of all things. Yeah, and um, so they uh, Snoop was like all Snoop was doing was walking through the club. So they get you know this whole big night, big event, all these things, and Snoop just literally goes from the front door to the back, the little VIP section where they had it completely blocked off to everyone, mm. and he just walked through there and he demanded he wanted sixty five k cash. He wanted it there at the venue waiting for him. If that's what you want me to do, I want it there. Yeah. So I reckon he does. He just demands that much cash. Yeah. But that's stupid. That's stupid. I mean, it's dangerous. Wouldn't you? I mean, I don't... Well, it's just ego stroking. Do you I think that's, that's what, what it comes is? To... Definitely. Just of just course, that's swim. what it is. Yeah. Because no, it makes them feel that, that you're special if yeah. you're, you can get people to meet all these ridiculous demands yeah. like that just doesn't even make business sense no. it's not safe it's no. stupid anything could happen you could accidentally trip over and it go down the track i don't know but yeah, yeah. Um, it just it's, you sound like a fool but yeah. yeah so what they claimed half of this money though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But he'll get it he'll get it back he'll just have to pay fine if anything it just like literally is just like a little publicity thing to make him look like a baller isn't it basically yeah but well i, I talk, guess he is balling talking about uh thailand though this actually uh ha- happened to one of my friends when we come back they had bought uh, quite a, quite a substantial amount of Valium for oh God. whatever reason I can't remember they just bought heroin Valium I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize <laughs> what kind of people are you hanging out with you <laughs> yeah, you, no, you I hang out with I've you I've never Sarah. seen oh, you I don't even know what <laughs> Valium is or heroin <laughs> um, but anyway he had just bought way too much and, and didn't <laughs> didn't know what he was just like. one Valium is too much no no but he bought a box and he didn't realize he was like oh I just got to buy some Valium apparently he just you know oh my da-da-da. God. but he had this box and had forgotten about it barely even had any or whatever like that but had forgotten about it and then came back through when he was unpacking his bag there was like 200 or something 200 Valium or 300 Valium he was just like holy shit like I didn't like from Australia fr- to from Thailand. Thailand to Australia like, okay. I mean I, I don't know exactly what the repercussions would be from that but they w- it wouldn't be good it wouldn't be good at, uh, worst case scenario I mean it's not like it's you know it's drugs it's legal to buy there it's, it's illegal to get in Australia without a prescription but it's not illegal in Thailand so I don't know what the repercussion would be but don't know, it's just probably one of those cases of you get a fine and a pretty, you know, slap well, on the wrist. What was he having the Valium for to sleep on the plane or something? Something like that, yeah, but just okay. didn't realise he, he had just bought, well, that's way too much. I didn't know what I was doing um, and forgot about it because you don't want to take that kind of thing, especially a place like Thailand. Anything. You don't want to do anything. I want to be seeing you again. Oh, man, I wouldn't even, you know, I would, I would, you know, like, 
I wouldn't do anything at all. I wouldn't even get on a plane there with a hangover, you know, man. Just be like, too, like, oh, that really scares the shit out of you going through there, just in case, you know what I mean? And it was bro- oh, not even just there, yeah. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Many countries that are strict like that. But yes, I mean, what instances have you guys been caught up like this? Maybe you walk around with um, $500,000 <laughs> of cash just in your yeah. bag to make you feel like the man on the streets. Yeah. But we yeah. want to hear from you. Hit us up at Tuesday Drive at foodbarradio.com. This was a kind of new track of um, Snoops that I was really feeling, actually. I thought he brought it with this one. But no, hit us up. We want to know, like, what do you guys think of that case? Is he just being ridiculous? Is that reasonable? Or Or maybe you have a tale to tell us. Have you done it? Have you brought something accidentally through customs? Maybe it's deliberate. Maybe it was accidental. Hit us up. FUBAR. Twitter. Snoop Dogg. Of course, he's using that um, Rob Bass intro. I like the way he flipped that one. You're locked into Fubar Radio. It's me, Sarah, and Hugh taking care of you. We've been asking you guys what you think about this um, case with, uh, what's the man called? Snoop he was Dole, just rapping. Snoop yes, Lion, Snoop Dogg. Snoop and Cat, um, Snoop him whatever. getting busted, importing some ridiculous amount of money into Italy or out of Italy. Um, and um, yeah, like we wanted to know if you guys have ever acted. With mm. quote unquote accidentally smuggled anything or you know got busted doing something you shouldn't have been doing yeah. when really you knew better and we've heard from what's the lady's name we've got a uh, we've got a, a, a tweet through uh, it's at Fubar Radio hit us up anytime it's from Mia in Essex and um, she said she went brought, brought back some hash chocolate from Amsterdam uh, she says I was a bit nervous about having it in my luggage but I went th- it went through no problems although to be fair the chocolate was from some gift shop and was probably just plain chocolate bar and Mia sounds like you're still stoned <laughs> That's what it still sounds like. She's like, you forgot what her story was about and then changed it to something. just a chocolate bar. I'm paranoid. The paranoid was in there. Chocolate was in there. Amsterdam was in there. Weed was in there. See the four elements in that story, Sarah? The four elements. And they all just swirled around like a chocolate chocolate hash cake. They but really hold did. on. Was she saying that she did it accidentally? Well, apparently. Apparently she did it accidentally. But um, that is... You know, I've always wondered about that one with the Amsterdam because I've had mates... Um, have you been to Amsterdam? Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I've had mates like go, uh, mates, mates that smoke pot go to, this was a long, long time ago, to 10, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago or something like that. I think they were going to New Zealand or somewhere, or Japan maybe. Mm-hmm. And just from the smell of pot on their clothes, from the sniffer dogs, they didn't have any pot on them, but just from mm-hmm. the smell of pot on their clothes, um, they uh, they got strip searched. Fully, fully. In like, which country, don't hor- Horrible. I think it was. It might have been Japan or uh, or New Zealand. I can't remember which one. Wow. One of those, some, some well, like as that. in the dogs sniffed yeah. them out. Yeah, they were on a snowboarding trip. I feel so bad for these trip. drug dogs, you know, because they're mm. all just like crackheads, isn't it? They are all crackheads. It's such a liberty. You're training. I feel Imagine so the bad training. for them. Oh, I don't. They're going to be the best time ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's more for me. It's terrible. Um, but so what I've always wondered about Amsterdam is that people are obviously going over there, even coming back from Amsterdam really, really high into a place where it's illegal to buy weed or, you know, obviously, you know. So uh, do people get in trouble for that? If coming back with weed, with like not even with weed on them from Amsterdam, but say they're coming back to Heathrow, mm-hmm. if they're like compl- like stoned out of their mind, or they're just like they've literally just had a spliff before they got on the plane because they're allowed to, mm-hmm. what happens when they come back to Heathrow and they're like blazed and stinking of weed and blah blah blah? I don't think that's that comes as a crime. I don't think that's considered a crime, though, is that? But would it, I mean, would it be like my mates? Would it be enough for them to get stopped and searched and da 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 da? Oh, but they could stop and search anyone. Even yeah, if you didn't smell of weed, like they could just decide, right, we're gonna. So chill today. But like, like my point being that, like, say with the dogs, so the dogs pick up the smell. Yeah. Like, you know, do people 
are there stories of people getting getting more harassed coming back from Amsterdam than usual or I don't know I don't think it seems that on on top like compared to um other parts of the world where there's like more heightened security for people coming to, to other parts of the world I don't think it, I don't think they're that bothered to be honest about like Amsterdam really yeah but I think um no that would be a violation of your rights if they tried to arrest you or something because you smoked in Amsterdam like that's not allowed yeah yeah, yeah. but I mean they could trouble whoever the hell they like yeah they sure can they sure can well there you go fair enough Mia alright we're with you on this tweezers one. Queen Bee has hit yeah. us up on, on Fubar saying she's she smuggled tweezers <laughs> I really? wanna we need to know more Queen Bee hit us up again at twitter.com slash Fubar Radio what does yeah. that mean what does it mean Maybe it's mystical really big ones and Maybe then Simon and Nikki have said they I've sneaked through some knuckle dusters from Bulgaria well, I put them in Nikki's case, a bit naughty. Oh, that's cold-blooded. That is. <laughs> so then you're yeah, like, what really were you going to do if Nikki got busted? You'd just, like, keep walking, that's disassociate really yourself, and then hopefully catch up with them at home. That is that is really, really mean. That's that's uh, Surely that's got to be some, like, a relationship break. And they go, oh, sorry, yeah, I forgot that I put that in your bag. Actually, but is something like knuckle dusters, is that even illegal? Um, well, I think it probably is because it was... Because def- <laughs> you could kind of mess someone up with that. Well, you could definitely, I mean... You, Obviously, you can't take that on hand luggage, can you? You can't take knuckle dusters on the, on the actual plane. So it depends. But even if it's going through your luggage, I think it's probably something. It's technically a weapon. It would have to be definitely declared mm. at the absolute least. No, so. I do so much traveling. So it's like I've managed over the years to work out all the different systems and loopholes in negotiating, mm. like all the different stages of, of travel. And I remember back in the day, like, pre, this is the most annoying thing about, like, the shoe bomber dude and 9-11 is they were just so inconsiderate about what we're all going to have to deal with at the airport. Oh, thank you. Now, because of that shoe bomber guy, we've got to take our shoes off at the airport. It's so annoying. You have to take your shoes off. The I remember oh, of course, going through security. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember back in the day. I used to always count. I had a um, Swiss Army knife from mm-hmm. the first time I went to Switzerland, which was when I was like eleven or something, mm. and I carried that around on my um, key ring, like yeah. for <laughs> until about nine eleven. Oh, de- no, sorry, nine twelve. And um, yes, but you know nowadays can't do any of that but the whole thing with weapons and stuff yeah. on planes is so ridiculous because a tissue could be a lethal weapon yeah you could turn anything into a lethal weapon but like that, a ugh. plastic fork that they give you could be a lethal weapon so really it's not logical like any no. determined criminal is going to no. find a way like if you're determined yeah. to smuggle drugs or you're determined to like do that hat and gardens heist diamond heist and all that stuff like yeah. you're going to make it happen if you're determined to bring mangosteen back from thailand you're going to make it happen exactly sarah sarah love you real. and if, but they take it so seriously as well like my brother he used to go into a wedding uh, not that long ago and they said at airport security um, have you got anything sharp on you and he said just my suit <laughs> and they were like no jokes don't even allowed. joke don't even joke which about country it, buddy. was that oh I can't remember where he was because in America there's signs in the no, airport that say no jokes allowed yeah no like, we like, don't, at all yeah. not even if they're not related to security and stuff no just no jokes full stop but even Any to jokes. signpost it chicken cross the road forget it out the door gone don't want to hear that one to signpost um, do you know what, what happened when I, even when I went to uh, to Spain I actually did try to smuggle something through customs I oh, really when I went to Spain what were you smuggling it's pretty full on actually but I am a bit of a raw dog it's just how I live my life Sarah Love you know I'll grip it and I'll rip it and if I want to do something wild do you know what's going there I'll do sorry it. you were smuggling into Spain or out of Spain you're saying in gosh yeah. people are just doing it all the time isn't it they what, are. what are you smuggling into Spain well basically what happened was I was uh, I was uh, running late 
for my plane. I had already checked in, but as it st- as it stood, I was only going to get there just in time to make it. So I was literally like, it's that Gatwick. So I was like legging it from the thing, Gatwick. running. I oh, know it's a terrible, terrible airport to get uh, get to. And so I'm running, running, running. Blah, 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 blah. Get to the thing, security. Throw all my stuff through. Run. They're like, oh, you belt. I just took my pants. Just threw everything. I was like, just, <laughs> please, the plane's about to leave. Please. It's kind of like it's best to take off any minute. You know what I mean? So I'm like running through, running through. And then, of course, when you're in a rush like that, they stop you. You bag. Your bag goes through security and they stop me. They pulled me aside. They're like, do you think you might have made a bit of a mistake here, pal? Might have made a little bit of a mistake? I was like, what? Please, just tell me. Oh, like, I'm just a big thing. <laughs> no, I hadn't put all my like my liquids. Oh, I, see, didn't, I, I didn't want to put them in. I didn't want to put them in my plastic bag because I'm a raw dog. I never I do. care. <laughs> I don't care about the rules. All right? That's what, that's, so they did. They stopped me and they threw everything out and I lost all my stuff. And that's why I haven't worn deodorant or brushed my teeth in a week. I I, I didn't want to say anything, but I was. Do, uh, <laughs> no. do, do I actually stink? <laughs> no, but thank goodness everything worked out all right in the end. We've got some more coming through as well. We'll get to those shortly. But, you know, if you, if you know the techniques, things can pan out all right in the end, as um, Kendrick Lamar will preach to us right about yeah. now. Um, coming up shortly... We've got some Dr. Dre announcements for you too, so keep it locked to FUBAR. Resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming. I think many people are kind of wondering eternally what this monologue part is about. (laughs) I ain't hating. No, so I went running for answers. He's talking over the top. He went running for answers, but he just didn't give us any. That's Kendrick Lamar, oh. of course. Go support that album. It's d- 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 dope. It is, indeed. And you were saying that we had um, some other people with their <laughs> illegal stories of illegal activities. Well, we have just been chatting here on FUBAR about um, Snoop Dogg uh, uh, trying to uh, d- bring through 422k in cash on his private jet from Italy over to Britain, in, and he got caught. So we've been talking about, you know, whether we want to, we don't know whether that was deliberate or whether that was accident by Snoop. But so we've been asking you guys um, uh, if you've brought something through customs accidentally or deliberately that you weren't supposed to. And we've had another, uh, we've had an email, uh, a tweet come through at FUBAR Radio mm-hmm. from uh, Denny and from Peck who just wanted to give their opinion on the whole thing as well. Uh, And Denny says, I think it's ridiculous to carry around that amount of money. I feel self-conscious carrying around like 50 quid. (laughs) Yeah, true that. Yeah, for real. True I feel self-conscious carrying an oyster card around, man. I do. 50 quid, I'd I'd get it changed into two 20s and a 10 and definitely (laughs) at least put 20 in my sock or in, in my jocks or something like that. It's just too much money to carry around these days, Sarah. Too much money. In these times of austerity. Tell you what, is very, very exciting though. Is uh, is getting some pr- some pretty big news from Dre. Some pretty big news from Dre. Um, uh, just dropped on us uh, uh, in the last couple of, in the last couple of days. In fact, should we not even spoil the surprise? Should we just hear it from the man's mouth himself? Okay. He announced this officially. This is the worldwide exclusive announcement of something very, very exciting uh, coming from Dre, and this is on his uh, own radio show uh, over in the States with, uh, with, with Ice Cube and a few other people as well. Check this out, man. It's pretty amazing. I am Dr. Dre, and this is Beats One, baby. Yeah. There you go. Heard it from the man himself. That big news. First album from Dre. Yeah, first solo album in uh, 16 years. What was it? 99. That uh, 2001 came out. So this is, I reckon, that this would definitely be his, uh, he, what he said, is this is going to be his grand finale. 
he's calling it. This is going to be like his big out. He's not going to do any more solo records after this. This will be his last one. Mm. Yeah. It always makes me laugh when people say that kind of thing. Like, I how know. can you possibly know that? How mm. can you know if in 16 years' time he does he won't want to do another record? I think also it was like, uh, I mean, what do you, what do you make of um, what do you make about this? Yeah. Which you, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting that. Um, that you know uh, detox because that's the, obviously the thing that's been kind of hyped over the last few years as well. And you know, there's been a few things leaked and stuff like that too. Um, and then he's just completely scrapped it. <laughs> I mean, there's probably going to be a few people pretty shitty that was uh, that were featured on that record or whatever. But what can you <laughs> do? It's great. I mean, and he is obviously he is renowned as being such a complete perfectionist that if anybody was going to turn around and go, yo, 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 I'm just about to drop an album, da 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 da, um, and then they turn around and go, no, it would probably be Drake. You know, something's like it's not perfect. It's not absolutely perfect. You know what I mean? So, but I think it's pretty. I mean. I mean, it's great timing as well. Uh, that obviously you've got the uh, straight out of Compton, the Doco is uh, that is uh, is launched internationally on the fourteenth of August. So that's only, so he's dropping my birthday. Is it really? Yeah, that's why they're dropping it on the fourteenth. They wondered. were like, well, we understand how much Sarah loves hip hop, so yeah. just for you. I did actually wonder about that. I did actually wonder about that. <laughs> that's really really sweet. <laughs> so I mean, it's good. I mean, it's obviously um, you know him being such a big part of that legacy as well. He obviously just felt really inspired by it, I guess. And uh, but what it, it, I just think it's it's, it's it's funny as well that he just turns around and goes, uh, you know, this is only a few days ago, a couple of days ago. He's turned around and go, cool, yeah, I'm uh, dropping an album for the first time in a very, very long time. Completely different to what I'd previously said that I was going to do, um, and it's out in a few days. I definitely like the the story of saying, like, yeah. you know, going through the whole process of making the um, the film that he just felt so inspired that he'd drop um, a, an, an album. And looking at the... Um, the uh, uh, track. Well, no, dropping an album, but I think he was definitely smart to drop the whole detox, detox idea because it was just way too much anticipation to ever live yeah. up to. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, this was people were waiting on this, like the second coming of Jesus or something, and yeah. it's like it's just too much to to put on uh, on an artist. And whether, I mean, God knows what level of completion that was actually at, like mm. outside of just his his mind kind of thing. So I think it, he definitely played it right because either way, detox was going to bomb. Because it was never going to meet everyone's like childhood dreams yeah. of what it could possibly be. So he did the right thing to just like say, forget that. Let me just make an album and I'll just call it something else. I'm going to jump on this, the hype that's surrounding the NWA story film and yeah. um, help promote that also. And then he's also released like the um, track list that goes uh, of the album. And it's almost like a Marcia Ambrosius uh, <laughs> record. And with some um, Kendrick Lamar, he's got yeah. Exhibit on there, mm. Kendrick Lamar, he's on like, what, three songs? Two, three songs, yeah, Marsha Ambrose is on four songs, um, King Mez, who I'm struggling to remember who that is, um, Snoop's on a track, you've mm. got... Um, M's back on as well. Uh, yeah, Eminem is on Cube, one, one song. Cube too, which, which would be good. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's quite... Um, I can't say that really looking at the track list that I'm like, oh my God! I'd be curious. I'd be very, very curious. To I tell you one thing. Though, I don't that even I, um, feel that bothered. I, that something that really, really made me scratch my head was that he's he's releasing this exclusively and only on Apple iTunes. Oh, okay. So it's like, well, so he's in bed with them. Well, what do you do if you don't even have that? It's just going to be the torrent the shit out of that. Well, I guess <laughs> it's the same um, strategy as what's their names? Um, Tidal. That's it, isn't it? Like, uh, I guess they're thinking, hoping that this is just going to make so um, such a big 
impact that everyone's going to yeah. be running over there to stream it and sign up um, I think like all set that I haven't actually heard his radio show yet on that no. but have you heard it? not much no just little bits and pieces yeah yeah not I've much. not heard any that's the first time that I've um, heard anything so I'd definitely be interested yeah. to tune in and I'm curious like because you know the instrumentals he was choosing on the, the show just there on that little sound bite we used he had like a couple Diller productions mm. well a couple more than a couple he had, he had what he played the Della Soul Stakes as high and stuff like that but it's been such a long time since I've ever like associated yeah. Dre with any of that whole sound and side of hip hop really so it's quite mm. um, it's, it seems uh, yeah that's kind of blowing my mind I think, and it's a, it is a, it's a pretty obviously pretty exciting time as well have obviously Dre doing something for the first time in a long long time and then having the NWA film come out a week later as well it's good I think it's a good thing I'm definitely curious think? oh I'm yeah. curious no but the, yeah. the, the, the problem with these things is that it can be quite hair raising also I find mm. because you know you, you worry like okay is this just going to make a complete mockery of the NWA story <laughs> like oh. or is this actually actually going to do these um, guys justice I think the other thing with Dre too like I really have no idea and I couldn't possibly vouch for what this record could potentially sound like because mm. really who is producing it because mm. we know like there's a lot of like from the um, his last album uh, where you know there's a gang of ghost producers yeah. producers yeah, and yeah, writers yeah. I mean through his whole career even rapping also so I wonder if he's actually rapping on any of these tracks yeah I'm not, I'm not sure either I think maybe is it maybe on the uh, on the collab with Ice Cube perhaps who I knows that maybe the one with Snoop or something yeah. who knows so that's also anyway, what I mean it's like hard to say really what we're signing up for when we're, when we're getting this kind of thing it does almost like what you're saying though like he's scrapped detox and then done this release kind of like sort of a bit half-arsedly like he hasn't released much information about it he hasn't given it any length of time to promote it and he's doing it exclusively on Apple iTunes but I think that's the style nowadays yeah, isn't it Beyonce is Beyonce cheek. yeah because I think I'm they're realising that as soon as you like put word out then yeah. the next thing that happens is people leave all your music so exactly. what actually has the most impact is oh my god Dre just suddenly dropped an album yeah. and so then that actually creates more the shit storm than <laughs> no, having like a no. month of um, promo kind of thing so no I'll, I'm definitely gonna yeah. like check it out come 7th of August and see Wagwan fam but yeah. I think um, in the spirit of NWA you know we had to drop some Proper flavour. Yeah. So let's get into some of this. Keep it locked to Fubar Radio. You're with Sarah and you. Awful lot of swearing going on there. Fuck the police. Unless they decriminalise pot out in the uh, in, in the uh, out of boroughs of London. They yeah, de- definitely. Yeah, big up. Because if they do that, they get a big up. <laughs> so if they want to be down, they need to move with us. Oh, it is Fubar Radio. I was curious to know what like the Fubar listeners think of this whole yeah. um, album. Are you guys excited? Are you just like wetting your pants with excitement over mm. um, this release due on the on the the seventh? I would love to hear from you. So make sure you get in touch. You can email us at Tuesday Drive at foobarradio.com um, and uh, yeah of course Twitter is available too now this uh, yeah it was this last weekend wasn't it that you were at the Splash Festival Splash yeah, in Brixton on Sunday yeah, what man. is that about it's amazing it's just a big um, I mean, as far as I knew I, I had not heard too much about it um, uh, but yeah so it was my, fir- my first one there but it's a big festival so Brixton was like you know there was. I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there Hundreds of thousands of people, I'd say, <laughs> running around. But I mean, lots of good, you know, lots of good tunes. There's like, you know, they're, they're, I didn't get a chance to see the whole festival because I'll tell you why very, very shortly. My okay. absolutely fucking traumatized.
traumatizing experience. Oh damn! But it was good. There was you know there was just a lot of good uh, reggae and dub, and there was a few like uh, you know a couple of grime stages and stuff like that. And uh, it was good, man. But it was, where? It was <clears throat> pretty much. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I can't tell you uh, the names of the streets and stuff like that. No, the, but I mean in the street, not in a park. Everywhere in Brixton, the whole, the, everywhere, everywhere as far as my eye could see, left, right, and centre, from getting off the tube at Brixton, and that main the roads what, were closed. What's that main street there? Brixton Hill? Brixton Hill. No, but the roads were closed off. There's thousands of people everywhere. So the roads were closed off. As far as I could see, Brixton was only a sea of people. There's nothing else you could see except just people shoulder to shoulder. So the roads were closed off. Well, it have to be if there's people everywhere. No, because it's like that sometimes. You know, it was like that on Oxford Street yesterday, but there was still traffic going on kind of thing. All of Brixton was a festival. All Mm -hmm. of Brixton was a festival. It was was great. It was was a really, really nice vibe, but I had warned, and I just sort of had a conversation with the people that I went beforehand saying, yo, we did, you know, I am feeling a little bit Dusty from last night, you know how how rowdy does this get? Like, and what, what how rowdy is this going to be? Is it just going to be a chill Sunday festival, everyone cruising around, or are we talking about a little bit more of a Notting Hill Carnival vibe? Just prepare me. What what am I in for here? Because I haven't been to this, and I'm feeling really fragile. Mm. Right? And they were like, Nah, it's going to be cruisy. It'll be really really chill. But sweet, let's go there. Get you get off of the tube, uh, looking around. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it's not too bad. It is super, super busy. Um, and then we could hear, we could hear uh, someone was like, oh, yeah, there's a stage just down uh, one of the side streets I wanted to go and check out. And we're like, cool. So we just sort of made our way through there. Already just getting from the tube, that was enough to make me feel a bit like, mm, I don't know if this <laughs> is a good idea. This. this is a night. This was, you know, it was cool. It was a good vibe and all that. But I was just like, mm, not good at crowds. I think we, you and I have discussed this before as well, especially at festivals and stuff. Mm. Not good at being stuck in big crowds. Not favorite thing in the world yeah. by any minds. But being you know unable to move too far, so we, we take within taking about ten or fifteen steps down this side street off. Would you say it was Brixton Hill Road or something? Uh, Brixton Road or Brixton, Brixton Road? Hill? Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Within, within taking, I'm going to say fifteen steps, I found myself completely in a situation where I was not only shoulder to shoulder from absolutely complete both sides of the street from left to right, completely there was nowhere to move at all. But I couldn't even move limbs. I couldn't move an arm. I couldn't put my hand in the sky. I couldn't move a leg. Have you been to Notting Hill Carnival? No, yeah, oh, no, yeah, no, because you yeah. got here after that, yeah. But, man, it was like, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is turning into my nightmare. Really, really, this is, like, not not what I wanted. So I'm, like, trying to, like, slowly move through this crowd. Um, and it literally just got to the point where people were getting so aggy with each other because it was just like people were like pushing and shoving and shit like that. And people were like, fuck, and it started getting really aggy. And I was like, oh, hang on, this... this this ain't good, this ain't good. I was like, so I'm trying to move because I'm feeling like shit and I really don't like being stuck in crowds anywhere. And every every which way I turned, I did. I basically turned from facing the front to do a full 360. I tried every person around me saying, sorry, I'm just going to get through. And they went, nah. Hey, sorry, I just got to get, nah. I was like, fuck, what do I do? I'm gonna be, how long am I going to be stuck in this fucking crowd for? Fucking getting pushed and shit shoved and I'm going to be sick. I'm scared. I don't feel fragile. It's, oh, fuck, man. Do you know how long it took me to get through that to a point at the end of the road where I could at least walk around and do shit again and not be like... Because people were getting fucking really aggy, like, you know. Mm. Um, you know, because everyone's pushing and shoving and, you know, there's... There's, you know, there's, there's people of all people. ages, and there's all people, and there's people, and people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it was start. it just really felt like, I was like, oh, fuck, this is a bit sketchy. It took me two hours to go through one little side street, fucking shoulder to shoulder, like sardines, to get to the other end. But you say there were stages. Oh, I couldn't even see the stage by that point, because I was so stuck in the middle of this sea of people, just completely, it was like a mosh pit at some, at some point. It was like, fucking hell, man. Because, mm, so, I yeah. mean, even at um, Notting Hill Carnival nowadays, there's a lot of, like, organising the crowd stuff that happens to make sure that 
yeah you don't have these yeah, majorly that, I mean, congested parts and stuff and then even still it happens there so I don't know whether in uh, Brixton they were doing that but what is the premise of Splash I mean like what is it's the just a, it's just like a sort of celebrating uh, uh, Brixton and local local music and local artists and stuff like that. it was actually like a wicked vibe like from when I got off the Brixton tube and had a look around and had a good 15-20 minutes to chill I was like yes because I fucking love Brixton you've taken me out to grill out in Brixton and stuff before like I love it out there and I've been out there quite a few times now um, but yeah as soon as I got into that position of like that was I mean there were people in that crowd having a good time they were having fun and just you know doing their thing and having a laugh but for me being trapped in a crowd like that that's mm. like my fucking pet but my I'm, pet hate so yeah, as soon as no, that it's happened tough. it's tough even like, for someone who I was t- blinkers on and I was just like I can't even I just I can't even think I can't do anything until I get the fuck out of here you know what I mean yeah oh, even just thinking about it makes me so worried. no it's tough being in those crowds even if you're someone who can you know isn't bothered by majorly by crowds and stuff but no I mean look, the, so there are stages and things and what it's all local performers or they had like big name people like what's the no, well, music wise what's going on there because I was I did hear about it but I've not actually ever well it just seemed been. like yeah it was um, you know like a lot of uh, reggae a bit, a bit of dub a bit of hip hop um, a bit of uh, of grime and stuff. I mean, I didn't get to see too much, and I didn't even know too much about it. I just heard festival in Brixton, <laughs> but there wasn't like any uh, major artists uh, performing or something. I definitely did not catch any of them if there okay. were yeah. <laughs> any. I wanted to spend the whole day out there, but I, I spent about half an hour getting to this little side street. Two hours getting through that side street, and then uh, and then an hour to get straight home. Yeah. Straight home. No, and it's deep tough. Brixton is a story that really breaks my heart actually I saw this wicked article the other day where it was um, a photographer who like had taken um, pictures of Brixton like in the 70s and 80s and stuff and then um, so I was just like flicking through these uh, pictures and it was like wow that was like such a magical time where we had uh, had no um, idea how magical it was and it's just becoming um, quite un- unrecognisable I don't know if you saw uh, maybe we even spoke about this on one of the, the previous shows but how um, there was like, a bit of uh, some protests kicked off in Brixton because it's like people protesting against like the gentrification of um, Brixton mm. and then they like mm. trashed the Foxton state oh. agent which I found quite funny that that was like the target of their woes sort of thing but um, but yeah so I was just uh, yeah quite curious as to how um, you know what in what way Brixton was represented at this splash thing? I'm not even sure how long it's been running for this splash no. festival. Well, I definitely heard of it. I mean, I, I I'm going to say that overall, it was it it was good. It was really good. It was really good. It was actually really nice. It was just unfortunately for me, I just got found in a, I found myself in a situation which is like one of my biggest pet hates, and mm. that is being unable to move in a crowd and just being like fuck. Oh, no, really it's strong. pretty tough. Maybe I suffer from some form of like, claustrophobia or some shit. I don't even oh, really know. Probably. About. I think that's quite common, though, to people feeling oh, like that about because you need to, like, but you're losing control of your surroundings. You need, like, the get out plan. That's fair, yeah. fair enough to feel like that. But there's an event happening this Sunday which is going to be drawing, like, thousands yeah. of people through there, but it won't be intense like that. It's fun for all <laughs> of the family, and I cannot wait to um, to um, DJ up there. It's called The Bridge. It happens at um, South Bank. Um, but yeah, we're going to tell you more about that on the other side of this track because we're going to be speaking to the lady who organises it um, and it is super super ill so hold tight for that and immediately after speaking to Kate who organises this event The Bridge at Southbank we're going to be talking to some legendary status hip hop iconic people they're going to be right here on Food Bar so keep it locked JD Productions. You're locked into Food Bar Radio with myself, Sarah, and Hugh. No doc with us today, no. um, but on the line, 
We have a very special lady. Kate, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, Sarah. Hello. Hey, it's lovely <laughs> to hear your voice. And I am so excited for the jam this Sunday. What's happening for the people that yeah, don't know? Too. What's it all about? Uh, so what, what's happening is this weekend at Southbank Centre there's a festival called Urban, which is basically a sort of celebration of street culture, so hip-hop, urban sport, you name it, people that are using the city in an in, in interesting ways. And this year's festival has been programmed by me and Billy Business. And um, on the Sunday, we've got our annual event, The Bridge, as part of that. So it's basically from midday till 10pm. It's like a free festival of hip-hop culture. So we've got all manner of dancers, so hip-hop, breaking, house, um, popping, DJs. We've got, obviously, the lovely Sarah Love. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, Big Ted, DJ Business, Mr. Thing, uh, and Trey. So we've got some really nice DJs, and, and then we've got loads of graffiti. Basically, it's a huge street party, um, and it's free. It's amazing. It's, what, it's really fun, isn't it? It's really good. It's really good fun, and it's basically the you know, what hip-hop's really all about. So it's very much all ages, all backgrounds, any people just having fun together outside. Is this the third year doing it now? Yeah, it's the third year, it's the third year, yeah. And this year we're kind of tying it into um, another project that we run that you're also teaching at, funny enough, Sarah, uh, Popping Peaks Pop Shop, which is uh, taking place from 11th to 16th of August over in Shoreditch. And so we've got Popping Pete, who people will remember from Breaking the Movie, Michael Jackson videos like Thriller, more recently he's worked with like Gwen Stefani, Chris Brown, and he's um, he's just a total legend. So he's coming over on Friday. So he's going to be at the bridge as well doing a little throwdown, a pop-in little freestyle. And then obviously next week then we've got the whole, got a whole pop-up festival for a whole week in wow. a 3,000-square-foot gallery. So, yes, yeah, it's a busy 10 days. That's amazing, <laughs> Kate. You were saying earlier about urban sport. What's that, like uh, yeah. dice? What's urban sport? Uh, urban sport. I mean, urban. I don't really like the word urban. I was going to say to you, I was wondering. I was wondering. I was wondering. I know that wasn't your idea, Kate. <laughs> no, but you know what? For this festival, the word urban actually does work. It is, it's talking about urban environments and city landscapes. And so in terms of urban sports and, and, and street athletes, as we, we kind of call them, we're working with crews like Block Workout from Brixton who do um, calisthenics, and they basically... You know, they're using body weight exercises to get fit, and trust me, these guys are, I mean, girls are really fit. What about and like, they, like parkour um, and stuff like that? Yeah, we've got that parkour kind of down there. Yeah. We've got parkour. Calisthenics is more like body weight, so you know, yeah. pull ups on the bars, park jams, all that stuff you see happen in parks now with people using body weight to uh, get fit. So we've got um, a series of urban workout training sessions. So block workout are going to be there on Saturday teaching calisthenics and their kind of unique take on using the city then we've got parkour we've got run charlie darts run them crew and if you don't know get to know charlie darts <laughs> run them crew are amazing uh like running crew they're like it's like a hip-hop family but they run so they're not a traditional kind of running club straight laced they're, they're creative they have a brilliant um project called the youngers where they engage young people in um in running basically and over a period i think it's about six months they basically train and they they're, they're not no, they're not runners they train but they run a 10k and alongside it they do all these different graphic design projects and then um, i was speaking today actually to the people that look after the video and uh, photo kind of stuff for run them and they're ex younger so they're they're young people that have you know become engaged in in, in sport and in you know having positive active life so yes yeah, it's, it's 
going to be really brilliant. So that's nice. what we're talking about in terms of um, urban sport. But it's it doesn't like, exclude you know, people from yeah. rural areas, though. Apparently <laughs> not. No. Not. See, that's no, what I think is tough with the title urban. That's what I think yeah. is tough about the term urban is that um, what do we call the music that people who are from outside a city are making? I think you say keeping it rural. <laughs> yeah. is the rural, rural music. No. no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's rural beats. Any label, and any label never works. Like, you can't generalise. And, you know, the thing that I love about hip-hop, and I know you do too, is that you can go anywhere in the world and this culture is thriving. Mm. You know, in places where they don't really have, you know, much access to the internet, hip-hop is there. You know, when there's places where they, like, don't have any, like, multiculturalism, hip-hop is there. Anywhere there's sort of political unrest, hip-hop is there. And And so, you know... It doesn't, it's not at all about the city. No, not at all. Yeah. But that's what I think is so um, exciting about um, the bridge event that you do every year at um, South Bank is that is, you know, what, well, it's not only one of my favourite events of the year, like in London. Yeah, like, so, right? honestly, it's right up there and it's just so much fun. And for free, it's like everyone's yeah. favourite price. And so, so much involved as well. It sounds like an absolute beast to organise. So, uh, massive, massive big ups for, uh, for, for, uh, for being on top but, of this. It's, but yeah, the point now is, can say is that it's because it is actually you know such it really is hip hop in its purest essence you know so for being all ages all backgrounds like you've got some business DJ Billy Business uh, Big Ted and Mr Thing they're some like my favourite DJs in the history of the UK Um, and so you know they have the they're bringing some serious tunes but then also the dancing like you know my mum was getting down in the circle last year (laughs) she repped and it was so funny because Ty who was actually on the show a few um, weeks ago he was like as soon as after that day I understood a lot about you made sense to me he's like after seeing your mum getting down and battling with the and other dancers and then at Poppin' Pete last year your dad was on the dark floor so it's he was family. in the zone Anything man I do really is a family affair you know that's to me hip hop is that is hip hop it's family it's young people it's all ages community it's, you know, it's community and that mm. to me is why every now and then I think oh maybe I should just go and get a job no, like, hell no. You're like, the, hustle, the hustle gets too much and then you do something like that and you're like, I can't do anything else. This is what life... We need more more things where people come together and have fun and generations integrate. And I think hip-hop gets such a bad rap, generally, you know, it's this, it's that, it's this. And actually, people miss the point. Real hip-hop, mm. you know, that's, imagine if we had real hip-hop jams in all communities where there was unrest. God, people would it would be happier people would communicate they would understand that differences can be put to one side well you know for I mean? real and talk it after you we're going to be talking to Sugar Hill Gang and Scorpio oh, nice of one. Furious Five and it's just interesting because oh, they wow. even touched on that because you know we, we got into all the details about the early Park Jam days and the Bronx and everything so that was definitely interesting but let the people know what link should they hit up if they want to find out more about the jam I think it's so fresh and I want to see everyone's smiling face down there enjoying the freeness oh, yeah, so where should they go if they want to find the info uh, they can go to Southbank Centre um, and look at the Urban Weekend Guide, or they can go to um, scannersinc.org, which is my website. Lovely. So good to talk to you, Kate, and I'm gonna see you on yeah, Sunday you and you never know. Can't wait. Maybe this jam will end up getting played on Sunday. Yeah. 
Yeah. We'll have to see how how people says, get down to this. It says bring your grand too. I'm going to bring my 92-year-old. She'll be down there. No, she'll love oh, it. Oh, seriously. Yeah. I bring my mum. She's in her 70s. She loves it. Oh, yeah. Seriously, there's three generations Amazing. of my family go down every year. It ain't no joke. But thank Thanks, you so Kay. much, Kay. We'll catch yeah. you soon. Pleasure. Peace. Thank Peace. Bye. Bye. Uh-uh. It's one of them ones that like Oh, oh, oh <laughs> They didn't have time for the full like 10 minute version of that car Sneaky, snake, sneaky What a classic jam though Yeah, indeed It's kind of crazy Big ups to Kate representing for The Bridge The event happening uh, this Sunday at South Bank Make sure you join us for that um, And uh, keeping in that The reason why I had to drop us some uh, Sugar Hill Gang right there Because earlier on today I was lucky enough to catch up with Some certified OG, legendary, iconic status artist in this popular music business it's not even just about like legendary on a hip-hop scale like just in yeah. pop music levels yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, kind yeah. of nuts when you think the the impact that they have and then when you think how massive hip-hop is these days and um, so i was lucky enough to speak to the main man scorpio of furious five and um the crew sugar hill were in the house too so um let's get into some of that right now you are locked into Fubar radio and here is our exclusive interview by the way i'm sarah love i'm a dj from out here in the uk and i'm very dedicated to the art form of the original essence of hip-hop so for me it is such an honour and a joy to be joined on the line right now with a certified legend in the game, the one and only Scorpio, representing the original days of hip hop, and here on the phone line representing Sugar Hill. How you doing, Scorpio? Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? This like Scorpio from the original group Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. We're in the building along with my man representing the Sugar Hill Gang. What's up? What's oh, up? It is, hey, guys, it's so lovely to have you here. Where are you guys? Right now, we're in Bournemouth. In where, sorry? Bournemouth. In Bournemouth, I see. And you're on tour at the moment, is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. And so what is the show? You guys, it's like Sugar Hill and uh, Scorpio out on the road together. Is that right? Yes, it's Sugar Hill Gang, Grandmaster Spirits 5, Melly Mella, Torpio. Wonderful. You know what I mean? That's how we're doing it. Fantastic. And we're going to be uh, having a treat to get to see you in London. I hope I'm going to be able to make it to the show. It's one of those shows, like if you're a hip hop fan or just a fan of popular music, it's a gig really that you can't miss. Being that you guys have been such important contributors to like one of the most influential genres in the world. Like, how does that feel like, you know, really to take that on board? Really like hip hop is so pivotal and you guys have played such a key part in that like what is that feeling like today in 2015 to look back on your careers I mean it's, 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 a, it's really you know it, to be honest it's a bit of sweet you know what I mean it, it, it's sweet to something that you know you had a hand to help you know birth it and seeing how many branches you know just grew from that one original root you know what I mean and, and, and the bitter part is that you know what I mean we we still have to, you know, stay out here and do what we do to get to that next level, to get to the real next big economic. And that's what, you know what I mean? Because at this point, you know what I mean? I know a lot of people just think because we old school, we just want to say it's for the love, for the love. But right now, you know, it's also for the economics, like everybody else. So, you know what I mean? So once we get all of that to line up with our legendary status, then it's mm-hmm. all up. 
For real. I mean, we've all got bills to pay, haven't we? And I guess like now hip hop artists are very like business savvy and we're aware of like how the industry works and all that. But taking it back to those early Park Jam days, I can imagine people weren't really thinking on like those sort of business terms. Then it was more about your rep. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, it's 100% fair to say. I mean, it was all about the reputation. And, you know what I mean? Yes, your, your ghetto celeb back then. You know what I mean? We wasn't, you know, and that's when it was purely for the love. You know what I mean? We was just doing it just to do it. You know what I mean? Especially coming out of, you know, the Bronx where it was a lot of gang violence. Not the gang violence that we see today where people are actually getting killed. But yes, knucklehead people just fighting each other and, having zip guns and stupid shit like that. So the music was definitely just an alternative, you know what I mean? So that's why when you hear cats like Africa Bambada and them, you know what I mean? They was all like, you know, they come from the gang culture and the music was just an alternative, you know? Yeah, and what a wonderful thing, though, you know, to be able to turn that energy to something constructive. I used to live in the Bronx for a short time. And like for me, being in the Bronx, even in these recent years, it's like I could still feel that energy and that aura. Like it, it was just so exciting for me to be on those same streets where it all began. Like take me back to those early Park Jam days. Like what was it like? I wish I could have been there. Describe it to me. Like what was it like to be at a Park Jam in the BX? I mean, being at a park jam is almost like the equivalent of a kid right now going to an amusement park. It was that type of energy for us, you know what I mean? Just to be in the park and hearing DJ scratch and hearing rhymes for the first time. It was like, for us, it was like being in an amusement park, man. It was, I mean, it was so much love that, you know, you, you almost like have to be there to really understand. The, the spirit that was connected to that, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's why I guess a lot of people, you know what I mean, still be like, when they think of old school, they I don't know what they really think, but, you know, we that was like the best time in our lives. Even though it's more money involved, and, you know, you got the Jay-Z's, you got the Buffy's and all of the, the moguls and on that level, but I would still trade. No, I'm lying. I still want the big money. But that part <laughs> of the industry was so much fun. <laughs> It was just fun. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, for me, it's easy to say, like listening to so many people that I hear who have been to them parked, you know, who are around in them days. Like for me, it can bring a tear to my eye. That's how like, you know, romanticized that whole era of hip hop is for me. But I mean, at that time, could you feel that it was something pivotal that was happening? No, no, no. I, I mean, I can't lie. I mean, we know it was something special that we had, but we thought it was a us thing. You know what I mean? We thought it was just ours. We didn't really know that, you know, it ultimately is going to wind up belonging to the world the way it did. We just thought it was a Bronx thing and this and that. And that's where the respect from the, you know, the late great Miss Sylvia Robinson come in hand because she had, ooh, ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, For yeah, real, yeah. I wanted to ask you about her, actually, you know, like, what was it? Yeah, that's where her genius came in because yes. she was able to look and see what we was doing and bottle it. You know what I mean? Whereas that's where her great of her genius came in. We didn't have that. You know what I mean? We didn't have that insight like that. We were good at what we was doing. We were the best at what we was at what we was doing. But she had that vision to put turn this into the industry. And nobody in this whole industry can take credit for that. 
Chief Think Landedly built uh, this hip hop uh, empire. What it is, you know what I mean? Incredible, you know, and I don't. I often feel that she didn't necessarily get as much big ups as she sort of deserved when you consider how many careers she played a part in, you know. And also being a woman in the music biz, even today, is an achievement to like really be breaking ground like that. So back then, she was a true female pioneer. It's pretty incredible in such a male-dominated game too, which hip hop is now. Yes, well, I mean, I, I guess you know one of the original guys right here. You know what I mean? Mr. Warren Moore, you know, who's out here representing Sugar Hill, who's also original member of the West Street Mob. He could tell you a little something because he actually was there in the Sugar Hill building from day one, even before me. How you doing? Wow. How lovely to have you here. It's fantastic to be talking with you guys. Like, what were those early days of the Sugar Hill uh, Records family operations like? Like, what was it like to be part of that family? Oh, it was just uh, a pleasure to be around these people. You know, they brought me to places I've never been to, seen, done some of the finer things in life. Uh, at first, uh, it was all quiet, but once uh, Rapid Delight came out, everything just seemed to explode. Incredible. You know, the hip-hop era was there. And, and, you, uh, and we never thought that it would be this big. Incredible. And it's just so timeless, too. I mean, when you um, still now, like Rappers of Delight is a record that I as a DJ can drop in a club all over the world and it will still rock the party. Like that is the definition of like quality, timeless music. Absolutely. You're right. And especially this third, uh, Friday, Saturday at the Jazz Cafe. It's going to be unbelievable. Yes, and it's, Sugar Hill broke so many grounds as well. Like not only just the first label to really like push these artists, but to be Sugar Hill Gang to be the first hip hop superstars in many ways. Some of the most influential artists in hip hop and first re- hip hop recording pioneers, first touring group like in in hip hop. How is it that you know you guys have managed to carry so many titles over the years and still your name is like relevant? You know, well, it's, it's all. The fans. The fans have been great to us over all these years. You know, the record was released in 79. The fans were great then, and they're still great. Thank God. In- absolutely incredible and like for me I understand that everyone has we all have bills to pay in it and it's like we all want to see be credited for our work and everything but I think you guys reputation and your the amount of joy that you've brought to the world like that's priceless you know. Yes. And you're looking forward to performing um, across the UK over this coming week? Absolutely. It'll... I mean, UK is one of my favorite places to come to, to perform. Yes. And then also Scorpio. I, want, I was definitely curious to ask you guys about how Furious 5 formed. Like, because there's lots of different ways the story has been told over the years. But like, well, for the record, tell us how that all came together. Well, I mean, for the record, I know it's been a lot of, you know, a lot of different ways they think Spirit 5 performed. How it actually performed was Flash was a DJ, and he ultimately set up shop in our neighborhood. You know what I mean? And he didn't have a good speaking voice. You know what I mean? His thing was turntable. You know, he was a turntable specialist, and he used to leave the mic on the, on the table. You know what I mean? And then one day, Child Boy just so happened to get on the mic, 
and then he became the first MC. You know what I mean? And then Melly Mel and his brother, you know, Kid Creole, they was practicing rhymes, and then that's when that those was actually the first two guys in the history of hip hop that actually started rhyming on beat. You know what I mean? Even though they had somebody like Cool DJ Herkow and Africa Bambada, you know, they had they clicked from Bronx River. But it was Mel and Kid Creole that actually started the rhymes, you know, even mm. coining all of the phrases like the yes, yes, y'all, to the beat, y'all, the beat, you know, all that stuff came from our camp, from Melly Mel and mm. Kid Creole. They created all of that, you know what I mean? And by the time I got in the group, you know what I mean? You know, a lot of time I read out there that Grandmaster Flash, you know, he say that, you know, he put us together. You know what I mean? That's not true. He didn't put us together. You know, Cowboy came on his own, he grabbed the mic, and when Melly Mel came and they got down, by the time I got in the group, Flash didn't really say who was coming or going. Mel put me in the group. You know what I mean? He was like, yo, talk my man, whoopie whoop. You know, we was friends from public school. So I that's he the one that put me in the group. And then I'm the one that went and got Raheem. You know what I mean? I got Raheem, brought him around. He did a party with us. And then me and Mel went back to his house to put him in the group. So we basically formed ourselves, believe it or not. Even though I know the story is out there, you know, I heard a lot of interviews last who would say, yo, you know, he's taking credit. Like, he formed us. Like, he picked me because I was fly. He picked Mel because he was lyrical. Cowboy was the crowd rocker. Nah, we, we formed ourselves. The Furious Five really formed ourselves. Flash had the intricate part because he was the DJ. It was his set, and he was DJing in our neighborhood. That's why mostly everybody from the Furious Five, besides Raheem, we all from the same neighborhood because he, he ultimately set up shop in our neighborhood. Mm. If Flash would have been playing somewhere else, nine out of ten times, he would have had other MCs. But because he came to our neighborhood, that's why all of us is from the same neighborhood. So what, on a personal level between yourself and Flash then, like, what's the deal? Is it is it all cool and ironed out, or is there still... Oh, hell no. Oh. Hell no. It ain't cool and ironed out. I mean, it could be. Matter of fact, what's crazy, I'm quite sure y'all seen all of the press about, you know, Grandmaster and the things that, you know, me, was, I was saying, and Mel was saying... It's funny too, cause soon as the first day when I got off off this tour, me and my man Corio, you know, what I mean, he's out here representing New Jersey, running with Sugar Hill and all night. First person we see when we get off the elevator, come up to the UK, is flat. Wow. Then what happens? Wow. I, and I, I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, yo, this dude looks familiar. You know what I mean? So I like, yo, flat. I just walked up to him and said, yo, what's up, man? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It, oh, he was kind of shot, I guess, after all of the shit, all the stuff he's seen in the press. You know what I mean? That I guess he thought I'll be standing. Man, listen, yo, look, at the end of the day, I still got love for my brother, man. You know, we, we uh-huh. did something. We did something so incredible to the planet Earth. You can't take that away. You can't erase it. Honestly, the only you problem, have. The only problem that the Furious or me and Mel have with Flash is that he never wants to acknowledge that because we left his name in front of our name, that was the main reason that he's able to work the way he's, a, way he's able to work. Because when you hear Grandmaster Flash, you don't just think of the DJ. He's trying to think 
put it in a concert like, yo, they just talking about me. Just they talked about everything under that umbrella. They think they talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his hip hop Grandmaster Flash for his father. They talking about white lines. They talking about the messes. They talking about all of that. And that's the only problem we have with him. You know what I mean? It's like you know, hypothetically, if you had somebody like I'm just gonna use an example, somebody like Easy Rock, you know what I mean, and, and Raw Bass, you know what I mean, or, yeah. or, or or somebody like Grandmaster D and Houdini. Now imagine Jalil and Ecstasy doing all of the records, but they can't get no work, but Grandmaster D can get all of the work. Yeah, and that of course, like, I, I can understand how something like that can become. Salty, you know, like for real. It's not even, yo, it's not even. You know what? It's economic. It's like you know, he he's in a situation where he can reap all of the benefits for all of the work that we did. Not saying that he didn't contribute. You know what I mean? But for him, not to, like yo, fellas, yo, yo. You know what I mean? He know how he's eating, mm. and he's not just eating because he's got this great DJ because. There's a lot of great DJs that came out of the Bronx in the same era. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not working like him. He's working because we left his name in front of our name. I in that know. era, in that era, most DJs, like, when they had Breakout in the Funky Four or or DJ such and such in the Treacher Street, if you notice, all of their records, they took their DJ name off. And it just became the Funky Four or the Treacherous Street yeah. or the Fantastic Five. They took their DJ name off. We the only one that left our DJ name the original way. I know. No, it is pretty cold-blooded when you break it down like that. And then also no, when you it, see it, how much impact and how that those records have just gone all over the world and influenced yeah, so many people. Yeah, but yeah. still, for me, as a dedicated hip-hop fan, like it doesn't yeah. take away from this like priceless contribution right. that you guys have been part of. You know, you've, give, you've given me personally so much in my life. So that's something yeah, yeah. incredible to be proud of, you know. And, and, and not and anyone right. can say that they've, they've achieved that in life. But there's something that I'm so curious to know from you guys. When was the first time, like each of you, heard the word hip hop? Well, the cowboy created it. I mean, I see, that, that's another thing that people don't know. That not only, you know, we had an impact with, you know, Flash being the first DJ to scratch on beat, or Mel and Tree was the first MC to rhyme on beat. Cowboy was the one that created the term hip hop. And they don't know our group created that shit. You know what I mean? Because wow. so one of the cats was going into the army, and then cowboy used to always use this, you know, that the army, you know, uh, uh, afraid hip hop, the hip hip, the hip to the hip hip hop, you don't stop. You know, it, we used to do that so much that after a while, that's how people used to describe us. So when we, you know, we up in the Bronx, you know what I mean, poverty stricken neighborhood. So the people downtown, like Studio Fifty Fours and all of that other part stuff. Mm. That's how they describe us. Describe us like, I know y'all not going to come in here with all that hip-hop, hippity-hip shit mm. and all of that. Like, what year if are you talking about? It, what year is this that you're talking about? Are we talking about, like, 77, 78? Oh, you know, wow. shit like that, 78. You know what I mean? That's how they used to describe us. Like, they use it as a derogatory term, and we ultimately changed it. Now it's the thing, it's a badge of honor. It's almost like back in slavery where, you know, when, when, when white Caucasians used to call us, you know, niggas. And then we have to almost take it and embody it like, yo, what's up, my nigga? So 
we have to take the power away from it. And that's the same thing we did with hip hop. Well, damn, you certainly did that with hip hop because I think hip hop is probably the most influential like genre of popular music's history. I think that's fair enough to say. And you guys are going to be performing this Saturday, is that correct, in London? It's the yeah, Sugar we're going to be back two days back to back. So if anybody out there in London or in, in, in the place where you can get to us, we're going to be at the Sugar Hill game. You know what I mean? Grandmaster, Spirit 5, the Scorpio. You know what I mean? Going to be at the Jazz Cafe on the 6th and the 7th. We the six and the seven. So really, Y'all people need to come through for a schooling. They come get out. the proper schooling on hip hop. Yeah, man, come all at the legends, man. The difference between us, even when we get off a of stage, we stay around. You know, we're not only sign autographs. We, have people, you know, we really kick it. You know, we ain't on that old. Hollywood shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm definitely going to do my best to come down. Unfortunately, my sister is getting married on Saturday. <laughs> well, not unfortunately. Really? Oh, I'm super man. happy for her. But yeah, I'm going to definitely man. try and make it on the other night because, you know, that's a show that you got to see if you're a fan of hip-hop. There's a CD coming out as well that fans need to keep an eye out too. I think it's like a best of yeah, uh, Sugar I mean, Hill. Is that correct? No, yeah, that's, that's the main thing that we're doing. We're just gearing up it. And, and we and we just getting our fan base back together, and ultimately we're gonna definitely drop our brand new records with Sugar Hill and Grandmaster Furious Five. I mean that's the plan. We working on that as we speak. Most of the stuff's already cut. I wish we could have like just dated, you know, had a day, you know, premiere on your joint. You know what I mean? So mm. what I what I need to do is just stay in contact with y'all and. And maybe yes. y'all could do an exclusive over here. That, that'd be brilliant. We would absolutely love to. So please, please keep in touch. It's been such a pleasure and an honour to speak Bless with you. Us. Thank you so much, all of you guys, for joining us today. I hope to see you this weekend at the show in London. I have so much love for you guys. So don't forget that there's millions of people all over the world who truly love and appreciate you and the work that you've done, you know. So yeah, that is yeah, priceless. Yeah. One love. Yeah, in your flash, y'all. We know you out here. If you're in the feeling. Come on through, man. Come holler at your boy, man. Let's rock this shit out, man. You know what I mean? See how it's All right? Thank you so much for joining us. It's lovely speaking to all you guys and have fantastic shows in London and definitely keep us uh, um, up to date with any music. Send it our way, okay? One love. Okay, peace, guys. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Hey, um, very, very jealous that you got to catch up with uh, with Scorpio and some Sugar Hill Gang. That was a very good interview, Sarah. That was really, really good. A bit off the cuff. Yes, indeed. Um, super pumped. You know, I'm very, very excited. I'm uh, at the bar going to be up at uh, up at Edinburgh Fringe for the whole month. Um, they're doing the live show, which is very, very cool. Um, it's going to be uh, from uh, from Monday to Friday, and uh, the first show is tomorrow, um, which is going to be very good. Uh, Joey Page is going to be presenting this one. Um, the guests for tomorrow's show with Fubar live up at Edinburgh Fringe is Hal Cruttenden, Sarah Callaghan, uh, Dilly Keane, and Charlie Baker. Um, it's all in association with uh, with Underbelly Fubar. Going to be hosting a month of live shows from Edinburgh Fringe, and uh, as we said, we'll be starting tomorrow. Uh, there's going to be some great presenters up there as well. There's going to be Lucy Porter, uh, Angela Barnes, Matt Crosby, Joey Page, as we said, kicking it off uh, tomorrow for us. Alex Lowe, Lou Sanders, Johnny, and there's tons and tons and tons. going to be a stellar lineup of guests as well. Uh, Rob Beckett, Rick Edwards, Mark Watson. Um, oh, there's, t- there's so much. Beauty Man, Dan Clark, Nish Kumar, uh, tons and tons and tons. So that's uh, it's going to be really, really fun.
absolute fun with FUBAR. Live from Edinburgh Fringe. Uh, kicking off tomorrow. It's going to be Monday to Friday, 12.30 to 1.30pm um, every day as of tomorrow. And I'll be up there as well. I'm going to be going up there. Um, my show is called uh, Songs That Will Never Leave My Bedroom. Uh, I'm going to be up at Sneaky Peach from the 16th to the 29th of August. Cannot wait to get up there and uh, and hang out with everybody. No, I've Fubar never been well. to Edinburgh. Oh, so much fun. How did, shameful is that? I did it at like um, up the road. I did it a few years ago, and it's uh, it's just so much fun because uh, the second biggest fringe as well is Adelaide Fringe, and oh, really? over in Australia. And the comparison is Adelaide has approximately about five six hundred shows, and the Edinburgh Fringe has about three and a half thousand. So that's kind of the difference. Where, I had no uh, idea that incredible. Adelaide was the second biggest after Edinburgh. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of nuts. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a jewel in Adelaide's crown. Yes, it certainly is. So that, that's going to be very fun. Make sure you stay locked for FUBAR for all your um, Ed Fringe updates as well. Yes, and you know what time it is nearly ready for. It's time for... Are you taking the So you need to be hitting us up at Tuesday Drive at FUBARradio.com. You can tweet us as uh, well as well at FUBARradio. Uh, straight after this tune, we want to know this week what has made you say... Are you taking the And you know, as always, I've got things to vent about, so... You <laughs> No. <laughs> Get involved. You're locked into Foodball Radio with Sarah and Hugh. That's brand new music from the one like Verb T representing the UK and ill-informed the man with the foggy eyes. You know, it's all about celebrating that quality UK music. Yep. Got plenty of time for that here. Um, but right about now, it's like one of my favourite parts of the show, really. It. It's time for it. some. Are you taking the piss? So what this week, Hugh, has there been anything that's like really gotten you? It has, but I want to done flip the script. I want to done flip the script on this. Because I'm going to do Are You Taking... I had an Are You Taking the Piss yesterday where I was like, somebody did something so nice mm-hmm. that it actually made me say, hang on, are you taking <laughs> are the you piss? Are you Is this a joke? Is this no. a trick? Yeah, I know. I seriously thought that so I know we have that's what it becomes like living in London it's like someone acts nicely to you and you're like hold on suspicion first well I was uh, I was sitting uh, I was sitting at a pub in Camden uh, yesterday afternoon um, having uh, having a beer with a friend who uh, a couple an elderly uh, American couple was sitting next to us like we're sharing the table and they had heard uh, my friend complaining that like oh I haven't had enough uh, because they they were they're they're from Australia my friend as well Mm -hmm. and they were saying oh I haven't had a chance to, um, to go and do anything do anything, you know, all the sort of little touristy bits and bobs that I wanted to do. And they, uh, the American couple, piped in and they said, "Hey, we've got these things called a London Pass. It's like it's like a get to the value of like so five hundred and fifty quid or something. They bought them for like three hundred quid, and it basically gets you in free to just about any of these sort of major touristy attractiony things, Tower of London, all those sorts of things, all around London. And they were like, "Here, you can just have them." And they gave it to us, and I was like. What? <laughs> There's got to be a trick somewhere. Are you taking a piss? They're like rice in, in this or something. What do you want? What do you want? So yeah, that was my um, my. You are truly vibes. becoming a Londoner. Yeah. For you to Skeptical. be suspicious of those kind of, those kind of behaviours. So remember, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Reach us on Twitter uh, dot com slash Fubar Radio. You can email us too with your anon in somewhere emails. Yeah. Um, even though we have your email address, so you know that kind of. Anyway, but um, yeah, you can hit us on the email at Tuesday Drive at Radio dot com. To, and let me know, let me and you know what this week has made you say. Are you taking the piss? Now, for me... What's been going on? Come on. I don't like this new, like, digital era, the way things are going and, like, AI and all this, like, more robotic way of operating. It's, like, presented to us as though this is progress, but it's not progress. So I went into the bank the other day, the same bank mm-hmm. I've been going to, like, basically my whole life. Yep. There's no one working in there. Oh. It's just machines. Yeah, that's a bit scary. It's just it? the Terminator and the T1000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's not. Yeah. It's whack. What what actually happened? What was the interaction that you had with said computer? 
well, I was just doing with uh, casual drawers. I don't really count. But I mean, it's just like whack because you want to. I think the more that we just have this machine interaction and less like community, mm. real life social interactions, the more robotic people are going to become, the more hostile and suspicious yeah. we're going to be of just dealing with people in Absolutely. normal circumstance. And it's like it's much easier to ask someone who actually knows what they're talking about rather than trying to just get a degree and operate in this right. machine and then make it do something simple that you want want to do it's ridiculous and then also it means that now you can take like as much as a grand out yeah if you want a ball like Snoop Dogg Snoop. you could even take like a grand out of the cash machine that's not safe I uh, know that's not safe at like all. what if someone's got you at gunpoint and they take you to the cash point I'm gonna get robbed by a computer it's just a matter of time yeah it's so it's like are you taking the piss all you banks who are switching up and sacking all these people and the same thing in the tube station I went to the tube station yeah. the other day and I was working in there yeah it's just the machines no it's not it's, not it's right, whack it's not, what no. are they doing to us they're breaking down our community I like my little crew of people at my <laughs> local know. tube station yeah. so I've been knowing them for years I say yeah. hello to them you know yeah. they're like part of the extended family no, they really are and it is a shame I don't like they, it yeah, no, I'm not feeling yeah. it no. but and the more significant issue than that and then this yeah. is really serious business this one I mean it is really bad how like people are losing their jobs and won't be able to feed their families because they're giving their jobs to computers and stuff but this is way more pertinent a known DJ in the UK I, I, I won't I'm, I, I'll Donna, hold back on rinse him out <laughs> no no, no I won't but he's pretty well known he is a well known DJ he DJs for a very high profile artist here in the, in the UK and for me to see him on Twitter saying his tweet was if that Zayn Malik track listing is true then wow he's flipping it are you taking the piss? <laughs> Why the hell are you tweeting about anything to do with One dire- Direction? Uh, oh, because he's go- apparently going to be the new JT. That's why. Are you taking the piss? I couldn't give a damn. I couldn't give a damn. No, maybe if he like invented a time machine, I would care kind of thing. But seriously, you have lost all kudos yeah. by tw- even uh, discussing anything mm. to do with the fact you even know dude's name. Are you taking the piss? Get out of here with that, man. That's foolishness. Hey, I got, well, before you jump into all of your uh, tweets. No, 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 I'm done. Guys. Sorry. No, 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 no. But no. yeah, that is key, important issues. I've got a, re- a really, really quick one of me taking the piss um, on, the, on the weekend. I, I, I was, oh, you were taking the piss? Yeah, well, okay. I, was, I, was, I just lost track of time, so I was rushing out the door on Saturday and I was like, damn, I didn't. I literally didn't have time to do the dishes and just like, tidy up on my shit because I live in a share house in both a couple of people so I just ran out the door and I was like shit shit sorry sorry like you know I had to because um, my flatmate Matt was coming home pretty soon so I was like just got to remember to message him before I remember to message him he messaged me and goes who uh, left the freezer door open everything has been defrosted and all that food is ruined and I was like oh shit oh I left the gosh. house in the state and I left the bloody freezer door open by accident I just Hugh are you taking yes you're lucky you didn't get I kicked out then and there alright let's jump into yours um, hearing from you guys tweet us at Fubar Radio or email us tuesdaydrive at foobarradio.com we've got Sam in West Ham hey guys if one of you doesn't do a rap today well because Doc's away of course um, rap about <laughs> anything then you're taking the piss I'd like one on pickled onions and candy floss please Damn, Sam and West Ham, you must be the man. But we can't kick it like Doc, you know that we can. <laughs> That's as deep as it's going to get. Pickled onions. Get. There you go, you got a little Does Monster Munch still exist? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, same, yeah, it does. All right, we got another one from Stan and Ashford tweeted at Fubo Radio. Yo, you were taking a piss by not having that dude from Pimlico on. Has he gone MIA? <laughs> Has he gone MIA? Pete and Pimlico. Hey! Are you taking the piss? Going AWOL. That's not allowed, man. Uh, um, we've also got Florian Staines has tweeted us at Fubo Radio. I'm on a juice diet and I really fancy chocolate. I haven't had it for a week, so when I say fancy it, it's kind of getting sexual. 
like, nothing's taking the piss here. She just wanted to say that she's getting horny over chocolate. Nothing to do. His name. Nothing to do with are you taking the piss at all. Florian Stains. I love you, Florian Stains. That's brilliant. The juice fast is taking the piss. I reckon go home, put some lights down low, dim some lights, put on some like you know, some sm- put on some smooth music and just. But you know, it can have disastrous effects after like um, having the detox. Yeah. To then just like having the binge, so it's got to be slowly, slowly, love. <laughs> uh, Lacey from Essex, she's tweeted us at Fubo Radio. Haven't seen my best friend in months, and we arranged to meet up this Friday, and she just messaged me to tell me that she's getting her nails done, so she won't be able to make it. Did you me to get your nails done? Are you taking the piss? Yes, she is, Lacey. Wow. She is definitely. You could have done her nails for her. Two birds, one stone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, but then you don't have the same tools and equipment as they have at the nail shop. Like That's deep. Your friend ditched you. Are you taking the piss? For the nail shop. For the nail shop. I love this. This is another Come one. Completely random. This is the segment. We give you the opportunity. What has been taking the piss? Tell us what's been taking the piss. Ducky from Fulham uh, tweets, hey, hey, hey. It's nearly winter, guys. I'm totes heartbroken. Are you taking the piss? Okay. Hold on, where do you live? Okay, Fulham. <laughs> is that nearly winter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it says. It doesn't say, hey. Good luck, Ducky, because things are going to get a lot worse than yeah. it is right now in August, okay? This, this is the best it's going to get. This. you yeah. just got to embrace it, dude. Uh, and we've also got Charlie in Brighton has tweeted us at Fubar Radio. The bloody self-service tills at shops. In Take it. the bloody piss. Oh, Thank you. Piss. What's dude's name? Uh, this is Charlie in Brighton. Charlie, yeah. can we all start a petition or something? The yeah. other day I was at the bloody uh, shop. I, I always avoid that. I'm happy to queue, even if it takes longer, just to avoid that self-service nonsense. <laughs> what about why are they trying to turn us all into robots, man? I it's nonsense. Know. And then also it's like I'm going to a shop mm. to deal with someone who knows what they're doing, so I don't have to do it. I don't Exactly. Another responsibility. I got enough stuff to worry about well, in my that, life. That's Are also, you taking the piss? That's also what Charlie says as well. Charlie says, "No, I do not have an unidentified <laughs> item in the baggage area, apart from my muck, my, my knuckle duster. <laughs> if you don't hush it, Shh. apparently Tesco are changing all the voices, so it's a little bit more user friendly." I was wondering, yeah. like, who is that woman? Because she could just walk around Ooh. surprising people. Like, <laughs> but, um, so I was quite curious as to who that woman is. And then also, I feel sorry for the people who are like the ones manning the stations in case. Uh, things go wrong and they have to help them which that yeah, just really. is doesn't make sense anyway no. um, but uh, yeah those poor people where all day long they're just listening to that woman say unidentified unidentified area Oh, oh my goodness God, thank you Charles yeah. um, at least I know I'm not the only person but I fully think those things are taking the piss like yeah. to the El Maximus but um, yeah so keep them coming in to us like over the week too because you know we can fit these in into next week's show every Tuesday 4 till 6pm mm. we love to represent you people the show is all about you and you never know we might be hearing from Pete and Pimlico next week for all we know don't. so just you're just going to have to tune in to find out if you missed out on all of the ill interviews we had this week too um, make sure you listen back on the podcast well there's so many ill things happening this week that I've just run out of time to shout out for yeah. you but it's been an absolute pleasure and we will jo- join you guys again next week for more Hugh, Sarah and Doc too. and I believe Doc is with us Doc is with us and we're all going to be back next week which is very very cool very good <laughs> we nice. out later